And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Hi, today on the show, I'm going to talk to Marie Sonneman, who is a long-term law enforcement officer as well as she started her own business and ex- and how she's expanding that. We also are going to talk about her journey to financial freedom, how she paid down over $106,000 of debt, and how we build confidence and listen to our intuition. I think you're going to be inspired by my conversation with Marie today. Let's take a listen. Hi, I would like to welcome to the show today Marie Sonneman with Ordinary to Badass. She's a podcast host, a financial coach, and she has worked in law enforcement for 14 years. I'd like to welcome her today. Welcome, Marie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. Can you share with us a little bit more about your backstory and your journey into starting financial coaching and Ordinary to Badass? Yeah. So as Kristen said, my name is Marie, and I was in law enforcement, and I joined and I feel like I've always been a confident person, but then once I joined, I lost all my confidence and I was too busy comparing myself to all of my coworkers and everybody around me and what my abilities were to their abilities. So I really wasn't like tapping into my strengths and I was too focused on where I lacked as opposed to what I did good. Um, So I definitely struggled with confidence and it wasn't until I paid off $106,000 in debt And that really helped get me my confidence back and change my mindset. Like, okay, like you can do anything. It's just like the small steps that you take and just showing up and being consistent and persistent that help you. So really through that journey of paying off the debt and getting more confidence, I went on to become a financial coach and yeah, it just really changed my life because I started running marathons and doing all sorts of things that I never would have like dreamed of doing before but it completely like changed the trajectory of my life. That is really cool. So I'm sure a lot of people are in a similar situation or either that you were before you paid off the debt that are, that are still sitting on debt. And I'm, sh- I'm sure they'd love to be out of it or figure out how they can get out of it. Do you have some easy tips for people, how they can start paying off that debt? Yeah. I think a huge part of it is getting it down on paper. You really got to create a budget. I do a color-coded budget, kind of trying to take the numbers out of it a little bit and make it a little bit more creative and fun for us right brain people <laughs> who don't like like the strictness of the traditional budget. But if you're not writing it on paper, you don't really know where your money is going. And we tend to underestimate what we're spending. So it's really huge just to get it written down on paper. And then another thing is to pick one debt, like really pick one debt that you want to go after. I would suggest your lowest debt, but you divide your attention and you get nowhere. Believe me, I did that for years and I was paying all my bills and say I'd pay $50 over on every single bill and I could not get out of debt. I mean, that's what led me to be in 106th or part of it because I was splitting my attention, paying, you know, $50 over on every single bill. And I was like, why do I feel like I'm in quicksand here? You know, so pick one bill and stick with that. 
I love that you said that because actually that's true with business or in life. There's a whole books called the one, the one thing. And it's literally the concept that if you have progress in every direction, right? Like around a sun, if you will, or a circle, the progress is sm- small in every direction. But if you focus your attention and your energy on one direction, you literally have explosion of, of progress because to your point, you're very crystal clear on the thing you're working on now, instead of lots of things that aren't actually producing what you want your result to be. I was going to say, that's something I have to remind myself of constantly because I am like squirrel, you know, and I want to do all the things all the time, but I just have to be like, stay focused on one thing. Yeah. And then as far as the debt paying off one thing at a time, I think the other thing there is it also helps train us because we're going to see the win, right? We're going to see the win of something getting paid off. Like you said, instead of spinning your reels and paying down lots of things, but then you don't get a win, right? right? You're going to say, I have debt in four or five things or how many ever credit cards, but if you can pay one off, you get to celebrate that, that success, that win, and then move on to the next. I'm sure a lot of people that hadn't heard that yet, that might be helpful to them. Do you recommend they work with someone if they've, if this has been an area where they're just not able to do it on their own or yeah, do you find there's other, other things? Yeah, it's so helpful to work with somebody and have somebody guide you because if you're anything like I was like, it was just a struggle. It was painful. And it's like, if I hadn't made any success or any headway before, then how was I going to make it this time? You know, but if you choose not to work with somebody, something else that I did is I read every single book I could find about finances because I knew that it was out of my realm or I just didn't understand it. And nobody taught it to me growing up, which is often the case. So it's like, I got read every book that I could get my hands on um, just to find out as much as I could. Yeah, that's good. And then what about the mindset piece? Did you have to shift your thinking prior to starting to pay down debt or did you start paying down debt and then you started seeing the shift in your mindset or was it, how did that work for you? It really was from just taking messy action and just doing it and um, being persistent because like I said, that budget was so stinking hard for me. I don't know. I just told myself, like I was bad at math and just all these stories that didn't move the needle, but I was like determined, like, I am not going to give up, you know, I'm not going to file bankruptcy. I'm not going to have this be an issue. And so sometimes I think that's part of it is the pain has to get so bad before you're willing to make a change sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I was just in a point where the pain was bad enough where I was determined to figure it out. And then kind of like you said earlier, you get these small little wins and especially if you choose your smallest step first, you get a win quicker. And then it's like, oh, okay. You know, you kind of get a little bit of swag or because you're yeah. getting some confidence in what you're doing and you're seeing results. Right. I think you're right on that. But And who doesn't want to have feel a little, you know, success we can cheer about. So that's great. I think then your story from there, you paid down debt. And then what did you find? Were you able to then reach a, a new level of financial freedom for yourself? That What did that look like? Yeah. What did that I mean, do for you? it just opened up doors all the way across because before I was telling myself stories that were like what my parents might've said or what I thought my parents' story was, you know, how I interpreted it as a kid. And now I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire or multimillionaire. And I'm going to, you know, have all this success with finances, which I did not grow up believing that I thought that my like money is hard. It's only for people who are rich or passed down, you know, money's passed down or they win the lotto, but never did I think like, oh, that could be a possibility for me. But I think that's also an important step to take or to reflect on in your life is what did you grow up thinking about money? And then what do you think now? 
And is it actually true? I, how I grew up believing, you know, like, oh, just, it's always going to be a struggle. It's always going to be hard. Well, guess what? My situation is not the same as my parents, but I had never really reflected on that. You know, like they had six kids. (laughs) I am single. Like my situation is completely different than theirs. So do take some time to reflect on your money beliefs and if they're actually true. You're absolutely right. For instance, a big or one money belief that most of us have, right, working in a a typical job is that we think we get paid for time, time for money. And that is true in many jobs, right? But the truth is, is we don't have to be paid that way. People often are paying us for our knowledge and our experience or the transformation we're providing to them or finishing, or or for instance, even doing sometimes for companies, I'll do process automations. But once again, they're paying for the, the thing to be smoother, to save time. It's not necessarily because it took X hours. It's what was the outcome and what's it going to save them? But that's something that a lot of people, they don't even realize that that's a money mindset, but it actually is. And we can change that mindset. And in other words, say, oh, we could actually be paid the same amount just to finish the thing, even whether it took us 15 minutes or two hours. In other words, it, it's different. We, we can think of it differently. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, what's it worth to you to pay off $106,000 in debt? You know, yeah, like that's if, amazing. If, if I wanted to get out of $106,000 in debt, paying $1,000, paying $2,000 might not be as big a deal um, if it's going to help me pay off the $106,000 in debt. But, you know, sometimes we do have to tweak our mindset on that stuff. Yeah, that's really good. So tell us, how did this work? So you've been in law enforcement for, I believe you said 14 years. Yep. And now you're, you've been doing financial coaching for some time and you've started this podcast. And I think you even said you have a book coming out I do. this summer. <laughs> which is so cool. But tell us, how did you decide to step out or to add on to your, you know, your law enforcement position and start and grow this, these business opportunities? It was just taking the next step. That's really, I, I don't know that I ever had a huge vision for what was happening, especially not when I was, you know, $106,000 in debt, but it was after I paid it off, then I started thinking about becoming a financial coach, right? And really a big motivator was my parents. It's like, I want to make sure that they're financially stable too. Like when they retire, I didn't want to have any stress with money with them. And so that was a gigantic motivator for me. And so it was really just kind of following the steps. I had always had a dream about having a clothing line with concealed carry. So when you're running, you can be carrying a firearm or pepper spray or something like that. So I didn't want to do just finances. For some reason, just finances, it's like, I feel like it should just be a little something more, you know? So I just kind of kept pivoting as I went. And then it's like, oh, ordinary to badass is about finances, but also about confidence. And who knows down the line, I could do the clothing line. I don't know. Right now I'm really happy with where ordinary to badass is. So we'll just play it by ear. But I think you just got to listen to like little nudges or intuition that you get and just pivot as you go. Absolutely. Well, and I think what, what a lot of us find, not always, but is something you've stepped through, something you've experienced or walked through. We find that we've gained a lot of knowledge and we've seen how it's changed our life. Often that's a key place that we can start a new opportunity, which many people do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think that was another part of it is back in the beginning, I felt like an imposter being in law enforcement. I felt like such a fraud. And 
I didn't have the confidence and other people would look at me and be like, oh, you're a total badass. And I just (laughs) never felt like it. And when people call me that, I would feel like a fraud. So kind of getting the confidence through something that's not typical, like through your finances, right? Yeah. (laughs) That helped me get confidence and change my mindset. So then that's where I believed, okay, a badass doesn't come from like an object, like a gun or a motorcycle or a leather jacket. It comes from your mindset and confidence. Absolutely. And do you have any advice for people on how we start building our confidence and how we start? Maybe we do talk negative about ourselves or we just don't see, like you said, all of our potential or there, do you have advice or little tools or tips you use to try to build confidence? Yeah. Like whenever I say something to myself, that's negative, it's like, consider flipping it and being like, that's not true because, and then say why it might not be true. Mm -hmm. And so I've struggled with my weight and I used to always be like, I'm fat. Well, guess what? When I look at pictures from the past, even when I was thin, I thought I was fat at the time. It doesn't matter what weight I am. I always think that I'm fat, right? Or like that I could lose weight. And so now if that thought ever comes into my mind, I'm like, that's not true because you've thought you were fat before and you weren't like, you're not a good judge of what thin and what fat is, you know? So I try to combat it with like two or three different things as to why it's not true. And two, on that point, I think we also have to look at what does that mean? To your point, we're using a descriptor word instead of saying, am I healthy or am I this? And what is the definition of healthy? Because the definition of thin or heavy, that's, I mean, yes, there's ranges there, but that's not really a good indicator. I mean, well, I mean, unless it's Unless the doctor's telling you all your stuff is is not where it needs to be. But I think shifting the word, like if someone says, oh, I'm fat, I'm overweight. Okay, well, am I healthy? You know, let's start looking at lifestyle. Let's start start looking at our numbers and then assess it based on some real information, not just this word we use to describe ourselves that's negative. Right, right. And then also it's thinking of ways that you can maybe flip it, like you said, for the, like, I'm healthy, you know, different Mm -hmm. thoughts that you can insert instead. And sometimes you have to think them like you have to be intentional about thinking Uh, mm -hmm. these new thoughts to make them like ingrained in you. Right. Yeah. And along with healthy, right. I'm strong, whether it's because you work out or whether because you have a a young child and you're always holding that baby or you're just strong because you mentally have held yourself or other people up. So I think we do have to look at what do I bring to the table, you know, and we need to look at it beyond the societal definitions as well. Yes, yes. And that just reminded me, like when I was new in law enforcement and struggling with confidence, I every day when I put on my uniform, I would start, I would say, I am strong, I am capable, I will survive, I will not give up. And I would say that time or say that several times to myself, but Mm -hmm. it kind of became a routine, you know, and sometimes we have to say those things to start to believe them. Absolutely. And they say, tell yourself, you can write it down. You can say it out loud. You can do both, you know, little mantras, talk to yourself in the way of where you're going with yourself and with your habits. So I'm a healthy, strong, fit woman, you know, or whatever it is, or, you know, and say those things because that's, if you're moving towards maybe making some changes, that's what we want to talk about. Not where we're at, but where we're moving, what we're moving into. Yeah. And it's like, be careful of what you put after I am like, be very intentional about the words that follow after I am. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Words have a lot more power than we, we often think about or realize. And so I think we have to be careful, you know, whether it's talk to ourselves or to our children or people around us, words have, have power. Absolutely. I would love to know, is there something that in your law enforcement position that you've had happen that was 
hard or it was just something that's out of the ordinary that you had to step through or you, you know, you had to, like you said, you had to really persevere or is there just anything that might be a good example to people to sort of illustrate, you know, how you use confidence and perseverance and resilience? Well, I would say for confidence and also like following your intuition, that that's huge. And I don't think it's just huge in law enforcement. I think it's huge for women to really step in and listen to our gut and our intuition. And just an example is I was going to a call. It was a pretty routine call, like a neighbor dispute. And as I was going to that call, I just asked for a second unit. It was weird. My intuition said, just ask for a second unit. Some guy was like throwing rocks, like big boulder rocks at an older couple. When he's mowing his lawn, he was like throwing these big boulders down on him or whatever. So I go over there. I talk to the older couple and then I go and talk to this other guy. And at this point, my backup wasn't there yet or my second unit that I had asked for. They weren't there. And this guy just immediately like comes like charging at me and he's like angry and cussing and blah, blah, blah. And at that same exact time, my partner rolled up. So I was talking to him and, you know, I got things calm. We did end up arresting him because the boulders almost hit that old man. And then after we arrested him, my partner was like, oh my gosh, she goes, I totally thought that was going to end up way worse. He goes, I did not think he was going to go to jail without fighting us because he was angry. He was furious. And Mm -hmm. so if I hadn't listened to my gut, it could have been a completely different situation. Right. So I think that really just tapping into our intuition and then just being confident to say what we feel, you know, like if I hadn't spoke up and asked for a second unit on what appeared to be a routine call, then it might've been a different situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you're right. We do, you need to, you do need to listen to that. And I don't remember the book, but I know there's been people that have written like, what is it? FBI profilers and stuff, written books that basically was trying to explain to women, don't just be nice. You know, like there's an example of, oh, someone says, do you need me help to your car, you know, or whatever. But if you feel like, "Mm, no, I'm good. I'll do it myself. But instead, sometimes as women, we're, we try to not be disrespectful or rude. We don't want to come off that way. So instead we'll, we'll be courteous instead of saying like, oh no, stay back or hold on to your point. But our gut was telling us something different. So I think that's a good point is that we, we do need to be in touch with that part of ourselves because we often don't we might hear it or, you know, but we're not necessarily listening to it. We're not letting it guide us. Yeah. No, Kristen, tell me a time when you have listened to your gut or your intuition and it has steered you wrong. Right. Oh no. I've had examples of people following me in the name, in my own neighborhood, you know, that were questionable and luckily it turned out. Okay. Cause I, I was concerned and I was, I was aware that something was wrong. You know, I had one time where I was, I don't know if, I think I had a little, one of my kids was a baby at the time in a jog stroller, but the, the van was just going way too slow. And I normally would not pay attention. I, I read his plate. He didn't stop near me. He went down a couple of roads and then I saw him later. But the first time the van came near me, I didn't even see the driver. I got the feeling like, huh, my, my sense came up and I, I read, I memorized the license plate, but I had no reason to be concerned yet. You know, I mean, my brain didn't, but my gut told me something's off with this car, you know, and then I did have something happen. I mean, luckily it was fine, but I'm just saying he did follow me two other times. I mean, that same day, he was on the same next two streets I was on. So the point is, is we do have to listen to our gut and, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. So I think that's a, that's a really good point to tell people. Yeah. And we're often just so like hesitant to listen, like you said earlier, you know, like we don't want to offend somebody, but typically when, when you listen to your gut, 
there's not a downside. Like at least you're covering your bases and you're being safe, but there are, there's so much in our unconscious that is being picked up that we might not be able to process, but there's something in your unconscious that's processing what's actually going on based on your experience. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. So if people would like to listen, they can, they can know what they're looking for or what they'd be getting into. Yeah. The podcast is called ordinary to badass and it's all about helping women find, you know, things that they're passionate about and taking actionable, bold steps. And really it's hearing other people's trials and tribulations and what they've gone through to get to where they are today. Like you don't have to go through all of the hard things yourself. You can learn them from other people who have gone before you and then take like tips that they taught you and implement implement it in your own life. It's so powerful. Yeah, that's great. And then your book coming out this summer, is this on the financial piece of things? It is. It's either going to be ordinary to badass budgeting or ordinary to badass personal finances. Okay, very cool. I think that'll help a lot of people. And I definitely look forward to checking it out. So any last bits of encouragement advice you would give to people that are thinking about, you know, they have, they're just starting to see that there's possibilities in front of them, that they could do something different, or they could start a side hustle, or maybe it's even in their personal life. Maybe they're realizing like, you know what, I maybe want to try something new. Do you have any advice though, for people of kind of stepping out of their comfort zone and to sort of, you know, reassess things? Yeah, I think that the only way you're going to find out the answer is by taking action. And so figure out what's the smallest step you can take, just small step that you can take in the next 24 hours and implement that step. It's like, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You only have to see the first step that you're taking. And then I would also say to think back on something else that you've done that has been badass or something that has given you confidence and Imagine that feeling that you had or remember that feeling that you had and then put it to whatever you're working on. So if you're working on to starting a business, then you remember that last thing that you did was that was badass and that you felt so confident and so good about. And you picture that with this next experience. I think visualization is so important. Also filling our minds up with a type of content that will help us take these kind of moves. So find a couple podcasts that you like that sort of get you motivated and excited and help you, like you were saying before, give you little tips that'll make you say, oh, I can try this little thing, or I can learn more about this topic to see if it's something that would interest me, you know, and then books as well, but just start, start digging in a little bit and saying like, oh, you know what? I like that. I could maybe try this business on the side before I ever left a full-time job. If you're still in a full-time job and there's really not a big downside to that, you know, as long as it's not a non-compete and you're in the same exact industry, then there's not really any reason you couldn't do it on the weekend or in the evening and try something out. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I like that you added that part in because when I was in debt, I didn't have people around me that were trying to pay off debt, you know? And so I really listened to the Dave Ramsey podcast and Mm -hmm. I listened to that all the time. And then whenever I wanted to go splurge and spend, you know, I wanted to go buy an RV (laughs) and then I was like, okay, that's not the smart thing, but I had to convince myself not to do it. So I'd turn on the podcast because even though he wasn't right in front of me, I could listen to him and be like, okay, yep, you shouldn't do that. Let's hold off on that. So it helps to listen to these podcasts and read these books and you don't have to have somebody in your daily life because you have these other options. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So Marie, thank you so much for being with us today. Can you tell us how people can find out more about you and the different things you have to offer online? Yeah, absolutely. 
So you can find me on Instagram at ordinary to badass, or you can go to ordinary to badass.com. And actually I'll give you the color coded budget or how to do the color coded budget. If you go to ordinary to badass.com backslash building a life you love. Awesome. Thank you so much for offering that to our listeners. And I, once again, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. I had fun. And I want to leave you with this idea from Kyle Cease in his book, The Illusion of Money. He says, your relationship to money is just a mirror of your relationship to yourself. In fact, you don't really have a relationship to money. You only have a relationship to your thoughts about money. How you feel about money is just one expression of the habitual thoughts, beliefs, and stagnant emotions that you have been carrying around in your body and nervous system for years. So if you're feeling fear around money, what you're actually feeling is a reflection of the fear and insecurity that is living inside of you all the time. You just happen to be noticing it externally through money. Money isn't causing or creating your fear. It's just bringing it to the surface. And he goes on to talk about how even people that gain a large inheritance or win the lottery still don't think, oh, relief, I have I have money, I have security. They still think, I hope I don't lose this. Because once again, it's about our connection to money or what we tie to it. So I would just encourage you to think about how you define money and the importance of money and Figure out how can you work on gaining your own financial freedom instead of letting the fear of money and thinking that that's what gives you security. And I think Marie's example is a great one in that it's when she started paying down her debt, when she started having those wins, and when she started feeling that sense of financial freedom and she changed her relationship and her impression, her understanding of money, she began to gain confidence and she began to see more possibilities for her life. So once again, I would encourage you to think about the limiting beliefs you have in your own life, especially around money and how we make money and how we gain money. And then I would also encourage you to figure out how you might gain that financial freedom for yourself and let go of the fear of, you know, whether you have enough money or not enough money and focus more on your possibilities and opportunities for your future. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.